All right, folks, we're back here. I'm very happy to be with newly elected Senator L.V. Gray Jackson. Hello. Hi. Thank you for the opportunity to, to talk. So happy to be here. You and I actually go back quite a ways from my time on the Taku Campbell Community Council. We do. We do. Yeah. You and were a pretty good president. I what, was impressed. Was I? You were. You used yeah, to always was, call me Mr. President. and I used Well, to... because that's what you were. You were the president. And when I'm asking you a question or, or, or asking you if I can speak, you know, I, I address you, Mr. President. That's who you are at the community council meetings. I like protocol. Well, yeah. No, it's, it's, I used to always think, oh, it's a great title. Um, <laughs> I think nobody, nobody else was like that. So I appreciate that. You're so, welcome. Uh, it was you and Dick Trainey were the reps for that kind of midtown part of Anchorage. Right. And the, there's two things that I always tell people. I don't think you ever missed a meeting. One time, I think you missed a meeting, and you emailed us because I think you were going to do something with Michelle Obama. Right. I had the um, wonderful opportunity to be um, selected because of our Let's Move efforts in Anchorage to um, to represent Anchorage at a um, reception at the White House. And lo and behold, two days before I was on my way to Washington, D.C., I got a phone call, and they asked me to introduce her. And they said, oh, okay, you need to do a, a two-minute introduction. Wow. And the White House has to vet it before um, you can do it. And so I wrote the presentation, the introduction, and the White House vet it, and I only changed one word. Yay. Wow. So, yeah, you, you came to every meeting. And the other thing is you'd always send notes afterwards, like a minutes, minutes right. report. Right. What, what I did for all, all of my community councils, I had, there were nine community councils for the district, but I went to eight faithfully. The only reason why I didn't go to North Star was because there were like three assembly me- members and I just figured, plus we had two meetings in one day, so I didn't do that one. But I did eight faithfully every single month unless I was out of town. And what I did to save time for um, the secretary of the community councils, I always had typewritten notes that were in a Word document. And after the meeting, I always forwarded the notes to the, to the community council president so that they didn't mm-hmm. have to reinvent the wheel when they were doing the minutes for the meeting. No, I always, and I, I did that faithfully. I always appreciated that. We, uh, we always kind of lacked in a secretary. Yeah, so that was yeah. and I'm doing helpful. it now. I have nine community councils now, and I'm doing the same exact thing. So that's right. So I mean, now you're a senator. You have a pretty big... A Senate district's probably similar size to an assembly district, Absolutely right? Absolutely not, no. The assembly district was 60,000. And the, the midtown area went from Abbott, Burgard, um, Airport Heights, and Arctic. That's how big 60, the Senate... 60,000? Wow, 60, so it's 000. way yes. bigger than a Senate district. Quite bigger. Senate district's 34. And, the, and right in the middle part are folks who I represented when I was on the assembly, but I have some new areas in Forest Park area and some, a new area in um, East Anchorage area off of... Um, uh, Braga and and the Rika area back back there. That's the new area that I have. But no, it's thirty four thousand. So is, is most? How much of your Senate district is different than your Assembly? You said there's a couple new. Is it Just, pretty similar? Or? It's pretty similar. Like the, I I call it like one big middle pocket of um, constituents that I represented are the same constituent I represented it and when I was on the assembly like the Tudor area Camel Park area Rogers Park where I live I still represent those folks um, not, not Rogers Park I'm sorry yeah Rogers Park but I live in Woodside East and I still represent Woodside East which is 163 units so a lot of the folks who I represented when I was on the assembly I still represent so you were in the assembly nine years right nine three years. terms so you termed out I termed out uh, before that, I believe you worked. You worked for the city, right? Or you did? I um I love saying this. I have thirty four years 
um, experience in municipal government. And, I, and I'm really proud of that. I'm honored to have had that opportunity. Uh, I spent 18 years working for the assembly. I started as an admin and I left the, being the director of their budget and legislative services office. So I worked for the assembly for 18 years and 42 different members. So by the wow. time I, you know, when I ran for assembly, I was pretty well versed on what I needed to do. You probably knew a lot more than I somebody used to who train, just... I used to train new assembly members. You probably knew so much more than some average person who says, I'm going to be on the assembly. With, without you know, a doubt. Without any experience. Without a doubt. So before that, um, I might be wrong. Are you from New Jersey? I'm from New Jersey. I, see, I, I remembered. Yeah. How did you come to Alaska? Um, well, I flew. You know, oh, I, I, air, I drove. On an airplane. I drove when I came. <laughs> I did. I, um, and, and everybody asks everybody that same question. How did you get here? Well, I um, had a fire, and I got laid off for the third time. I worked for Ford Expert Division. I was an executive secretary, and Ford was having issues, and I got laid off twice, and they were able to save my job two times. But the last time I got laid off, they couldn't save my job. So I had that issue, and then I had a fire. And I had friends who had moved here a year before like a home, I did. Like a home fire? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I was in an apartment. And I had friends who had moved to Anchorage a year before I did. And they were home in New Jersey visiting. And they said, you know, you need to move to Anchorage. I said, no, you know, I'm going to Virginia. And the next thing I knew, I thought about it. And I said, okay, okay. I called my girlfriend up, Karen, who was from in Anchorage. And I said, okay, tell me. Do they have Italian sausage and black hair products? She said, yes. I said, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so what year was that? 1982. I moved June 19, 1982. Oh, so okay. you were here for kind of the post-oil boom and then the crash after in the eight, late, yeah. mid eight, late 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Were you, so you were writing municipal government or you were doing something? Well, um, my first job when I, when I got here was I was an executive secretary for Access Alaska. That was my first job. I mm-hmm. worked for them for six months, and then I got a job with the municipality, and I was the transit director secretary for four and a half years, and then um, Mayor Fink uh, was the mayor, and there were a bunch of cuts, and my position got cut in half. Um, but, you know, I believe that everything happens for a reason. Because yeah, me too. I believe the same. Everything. It's, it's in my personal life, everything. Because my position got cut in half. I was a single parent. I was devastated. You know, and I let Tom Brigham, who was the transit director, know how devastated I was. I won't tell you what I said, but I let I'd him love, know. I'd love to know what you said. I let him know. <laughs> you know. You know, I'll tell you a little bit, but not what I said, but I walked into his office and I faced the window and I said what I said. And then I left and then I had more to say. So I went back in, faced the window and I said, wait, I'm not finished yet. And then I left. And then at the same time that my position got laid off, that, that I got my position cut in here, the assembly opened up a budget office, a budget and legislative services office. Joe Griffith was the director, and they had a utility position and an admin position, and I got that admin position. And I was so excited about it that just before I was about to leave, I went into Tom Brigham's office, and I said, you know what, Tom, I need to hug you and thank you for firing me. Really? <laughs> I did, because, you know, everything happens for a reason. I ended up there, and, and the rest is history, wonderful history. So when you when you came to Anchorage in 82 from New Jersey, I mean, that's a very different... New Jersey, it's like, were you from like Trent? Trent like what part of New Jersey no, were you No, I was from Newark. Oh, so yeah, big... I'm a proud Newarker. Okay, so you got big city, yeah, East Coast, yeah. compared to like smaller city. I mean, that must have been a big difference. It was a big difference. And I was always a bus rider because back east, you don't really need a car. And I didn't have a car. And when I got here, I didn't have a car still. So I was riding a bus. And the first thing, excuse me, one of the things that impressed me so much were, was the bus drivers here. They were a lot more friendly than the bus drivers in Newark. 
and a lot more accommodating because <laughs> I can remember, you know, I was a big time bus rider. I rode the bus. I've been in Anchorage for 30. Well, it'll be 37 years this year, June 19th. But I, I'd been in Anchorage for 37 years and 21 of those years I rode the bus half because half of those years because I had no choice and the other half was by choice. But I loved it because, you know, I get on the bus and the bus drivers knew me because I worked for the transit director and that's how they knew me. And I go in the back and read a newspaper or take a nap. And that's probably why they were nice to you. you by, know? <laughs> no, I'm a nice person. No, I know. I know, you know? And by, you know, when they got to my stop, the bus driver would say, oh, where did you stop? And it was just, it was pretty cool. I liked it. I liked riding the bus. I don't want to ride a bus anymore. I put in my time. You know, it's nice to be Yeah, when I first got here, I, wrote, I mean, my, my, my issue was, it was just kind of like, I've been in, all over the world and Europe and like Australia and places where the buses are just, even like East Coast, very, very efficient. Whereas Anchorage, it's kind of a little more difficult. To, you know, if you're trying to go from A to B and it's across town, it takes a little longer right, and right. a little more difficult. It's, than, it's, I'm a big time transit advocate, um, not just because I rode the bus myself, because I know that people need mm-hmm. you know, public transportation. And people will use it when it's efficient and it's, it's, right. it's easy. People will use it. Right. And I agree with you. It's way better than it was, but there's still a lot more work that needs to be done. You know, we're a metropolitan city now, and we need to step up mm-hmm. our game on Especially in the winter, you know, when it's cold and sitting Especially outside. Especially in the winter. So you, you did all this work in the municipal government, and then you decided, I'm going to run for the assembly. And that was what? 2007. I, okay. Yeah. Do you remember the history, though, in 2005? I moved here in 04, so oh, you did? probably wasn't super engaged. Oh, you know, okay. Give me, a, give you me a background. Too, but to, to make it brief, um, in 2005, the leadership changed um, to the right, even though the community is nonpartisan, the assembly is nonpartisan. And they decided that um, they were going to get rid of the Budget and Legislative Services Office, where I was the director, and Mike Gutierrez was my utility analyst. And then I had Joy. Is that the guy, the Mike Gutierrez song? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start thinking about it now. Yeah. That song, it's always in my mind when I hear that guy's name. So here's another example of how much I believe that things happen for a reason. Well, this leadership decided they were going to publicly get rid of, you know, the office and me and Mike. And they did that. And it was pretty devastating. Just like when I got my position cut in half, it was devastating. But um, one of the things that they didn't realize when they did it, and I, and I don't mind saying this, even though I've forgiven them, was that they thought they could fire me and nobody would care, except it was in the media for, for three weeks. And I still have emails from people who were really upset because of what had happened. But back to things happen for a reason. Um, I, fortunately, uh, Mark Beggage was mayor then, and he gave me a job. I had to take a pay cut, of course, but at least I had a job. And the job was over at Municipal Light and Power, and that was really a wonderful experience for me because I ended up putting together, on behalf of MLMP, a joint action agency, Alaska Rail Energy Authority, which no longer exists, but you know, I put that together. MLMP was a member of Chugag Electric and Golden Valley Electric, and that was a wonderful experience for me. I learned a lot about the electric business, and that was really, really great. But then, you know, in 2007, I had an opportunity to run for office, for assembly, and, and, I, and I thought about it. I'm going, you know what? You know this back, you know, frontwards, backwards and frontwards. You, you know, know, yeah, you you know, know this. this. Right. You know, you spend 18 years helping other people's constituents. Why don't you look into helping your own constituents? Was it an open seat or was it you challenged somebody? No, I challenged somebody. And the person who I challenged was happened to be um, one of the people who got rid of me. 
Oh wow! Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Payback is sweet. Um. So were they, were they going after you? Was it just they didn't like the position, or they didn't was, like you, like it your was politics? Po- it was or? political, mm-hmm. totally political. You know. Um. But um. Just like I thank Tom Brigham for firing me. Thank you to those two people for what they did to me. Because look at me now. How you like me now? You, oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So in 2007. Um, I ran against one of the people who got rid of me and um, wealthy incumbent and I was only beat by 366 votes and I was really proud of, of what I did, you know, of the turnout. In 2008, I ran again and I won by 42% and I ran again in 2011. And what's interesting is I think everybody knows that I'm a big time believer in equal rights for, for everyone, period, point blank. You know, everybody deserves equal rights. Um, and I've been a big supporter of the LGBT community. Um, I'm straight, but, you know, these people deserve the same rights. Uh-huh. The, the segment of our community, not these people, this segment of our community deserve the same rights that everybody else does. And so I've been big supporter for years. I march in the Pride Parade. And so one year, um, just before I was running for re-election, um, they asked me to be the Grand Marshal. And the same year I was the Grand Marshal. Yeah, for, and I remember that. Yeah, and, but I was the Grand Marshal for the 4th of July parade too at the same time. But anyway, so I'm, you know, the Grand Marshal and I was so honored to be asked and honored to be there in that capacity. You know, I'm in this convertible, have my leopard dress on and my P flag cross and um, somebody from the Baptist, Anchorage Baptist Temple decided to run against me and they thought that um, doing a little TV ad with me you know, in the parade, being a grand marshal would take me out. It was going to hurt you, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it didn't because I won by 60%. And I didn't think it would. But, I, it, you know, and, and if people didn't want to vote for me because I believe in equal rights, I was okay with that. I'll never forget you ran an ad, and I actually saw this from talking to folks on the community council. There was an old guy, it was like an old white guy. Remember this guy? And he said, I'm a conservative. Oh, here. No, I know that. Because I like that was probably one of the more effective ads, political ads, because how many ads do we see? Right. And, and I never will forget that ad. Right, right. it was this old, I'm a conservative Republican. Yeah. And you wouldn't think I'd support, I will support LV, you know, to I, the hilt. I love that ad. Who was that guy? Okay. Um, well, when I, when I got elected in 2008, the first project that I had to work on was the Alexander Avenue drainage problem. And Joe, um, not Joe, Jack Fitzpatrick, and there was somebody else who lived in the Alex, on the Alexander Avenue. They had drainage problems for over 20 years. And along came... Assemblymember L.B. Gray Jackson. And, you know, I was adamant about helping them um, like I am with all my constituents. You know, I want to do the best I can. You can't solve all problems, but you can at least try. And that's what I did. And we were successful. I brought folks, you know, a couple of them to Juneau a few times to get some money. Anyway, we ended up getting all the funds that was needed for the Alexander Avenue project. And when it was done, they had a big picnic and we all celebrated. And that was like one of my proudest moments serving as, as an assembly member. And Jack is a big time conservative, far right. I love him to death. We're good friends, him and, and his, um, his wife, Sherry. We go to lunch at least every quarter. And they were kind of come and see me get sworn in, but it didn't work out. But anyway, the, the commercial that you're talking about, I, I mean, anybody can, can go to YouTube and see it. But Jack's there. And this was after um, my opponent in 2011 tried to take me out because I was in the Pride Parade. I was the Grand Marshal. And so Jack's on TV and he goes, you see, the, the visual is he's got a remote in his hand and the TV the mm-hmm. commercial on. He no, I remember, turns it I off remember. and he says, I'm a big time Republican, but I love Elvie because she mm-hmm. gets things done. And I'm tired of them messing with her. Whatever he said, it was really um, 
effective, and I was just honored. It was very. Was it his idea? Did he come to you, or did you ask no, him? No, or? I well, I had somebody who produced the commercial. But did you say, hey, do you but, want do you want to do this I for me? But I asked him, yeah. Yeah, and this wasn't the first time he did a commercial for me. He did one for me in two thousand eight too. I just remember that one. I remember thinking, yeah. man, that's effective because yeah. it's just you know it just kind it of was. kind of silences or kind of contrasts the other side, saying, oh, yeah. she's a liberal progressive. Yeah, and the bottom line is, I've always been the assembly member. You know who does her job number one, and my job is to represent everybody. Well, something else you did, and this goes back to my community council. Remember the Sylvan Drive? Oh yeah, debacle? that Sylvan project. So that yeah. was years, and that's where I live back there. Yeah, so it's kind of yeah, like in my yeah, backyard. Yeah, but um, Dick Trainy and I worked that project together. I see you have the Trainy um, name tag. Oh yeah, here. oh yeah. There must oh, be yeah. a story behind that. Dick, Dick nameplate. Dick, Dick is he is a, a great great friend of mine. I love him to death. We're like family. You know, I'm his younger sister. <laughs> and he's just a wonderful person. And when I was staffed to the assembly, he, you know, he'd been chair. And, you know, it wasn't a walk through the park for 18 years. It really wasn't. Things happened. You know, but Dick w- always supported me um, and, and and recognized the great job that I did. Him and Alan Teshi. You know, unfortunately, Alan's no longer with us. But Dick and Alan were just great. And then... Yeah, I know Alan's daughter, Mary. She's really... Alan Teshi. Yeah, I know his daughter Mary. She's, oh, okay. She's, and yeah, Pam yeah, she's too. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. She's but great. but anyway, um, when Dick and I started work serving on the assembly together, it was just amazing. You know, we just worked really, really well together. We got stuff done. Dick, um, there he, were, go he's, ahead. he's an interesting cat too, because I never. On one day you might think, oh, this guy is super conservative, but then the next day you're like, wow, that's a super progressive. I mean, he's kind of hard to pinpoint. Yeah, but Dick's just a wonderful person. And, you know, we like I was saying, we worked really, really well together. Um, there were people in the community who weren't our constituents but knew that we got stuff done, and they'd call us, and we didn't want to step on any of our colleagues' toes, but, you know, we were helping other people. Well, you guys, you guys came to Juno because I was here for, I think it was years ago for a work thing, but you guys were here with Dick um, about the Sylvan Drive because for years right, and brought, years that yeah we brought dra- constituents with that, us that drainage that was that lady who lives back there on right on I can't Wild think Rose, of her name but, right but now but Kathy we I think her, or Cindy 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 we brought Cindy to Juno with us it took him years to get that thing finally done it was yeah. just such a mess every it was a mess every breakup it would be like a like a pool basically the I whole know, road I know but but that got fixed um thanks to our efforts and and state efforts too but um with grants but anyway. So Dick and I decided, okay, fine. Everybody's calling us. So we had T-shirts made, and the front said, "Who are you gonna call?" And the back said, "Dick and Elvi." And we oh, still have those T-shirts. So I have, oh, I should, I should get one of those. I'd, I'd, should, no, we'll get you one. I'd wear that. No, we'll get you one. We'll get you one for sure. You know, and and we've been called the Midtown Mafia, the two of us. So, <laughs> oh yeah, um, and we just worked so well together. He was chair for a year and a half, and I was vice chair. And my last year on the assembly, and I never truly cared about being in any leadership role. I mean, I'm an Aries, I'm a born leader, but it didn't matter to me. I just wanted to do my job and help people. And the, my last year on the assembly, Dick encouraged me to, to run for chair, and I'm like, no, and he said, you need to do this. And I listened to him, and I said, okay, Dick, I'll do it if you run for vice chair. And my last year on the assembly, we both, you know, I was chair and Dick was vice chair, and we worked really well together. And I told him um, after I decided I was gonna run for office, I said, Dick, if I get elected, I'm gonna have your name plate in my office, and it's gonna stay there. And there it's it gonna is. be symbolic, and there it is. I sent him a picture of it. So that's what that's about. It's symbolic, it's my bud. So so Senator Gardner decides not to run for reelection. Um, you were termed out, and then, did you have any thoughts after you the assembly to run for the legislature? No, or? no, I wasn't a politician that had thoughts of higher office, by no means, okay? My only thought was doing my job, doing it well, 
you know, and when it was over, it was over. And, uh, you know, my last day on the assembly, you probably saw that. I was just so emotional. Yeah, no, I remember that. You know, and Dick's there giving me tissues, and I'm pushing the tissues. Anyway, it was pretty pretty hard. I couldn't even read my my notes. I had to have a clerk do it. It was emotional. And so... Nine, nine years, a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in all those years in municipal government. But um, afterwards, folks would say to me, what are you going to do? And I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Because I like traveling, and I always traveled. Anyway, I said, I'm going to travel. Um, but I'm going to watch Prices Right at 10, Wendy at 11, and Steve at noon. <laughs> and I it's a good that. lineup. It's a good it's lineup. It's a great lineup. And, and I just, I, I relaxed. You know, I did what I needed to do. And I never even thought about running it. But people would say to me, are, so are you going to run for a state office? And I said, no. You know, number one, I'm not interested. Number two, the only seat would be Harriet, Andy, Alberta, and they're not going anywhere. And that's what I was telling people. And lo and behold, out of nowhere, Berta decides to re- retire, and it was a secret for a while, but um, it was... Yeah, no, she didn't say it until kind of late. No, it was a yeah. big... She wanted to be confidential, but when I heard that, you know, it, it was a no-brainer. I'm like, hey, I got to do you this. Had, you had that funder. I don't know if it was your first one, but it was at um, Kinley's? Yeah. I went to that. Yeah, I know. It was I like a hundred... I mean, it was, it was like a hundred people there. Yeah, that was my kickoff. I was like, wow, there's, there's a lot of people there. Yeah. You, you probably did pretty good fundraising yeah, for that Yeah, I, I did. I, you know, I'm a good fundraiser. Everybody Overall, you, you raised a ton of money. Over, I raised 125000 yeah, Over a hundred, yeah. Yeah. So you had, um, what's that guy's name? Uh, the, your opponent last time. The, the, oh, the um... Jim... Oh, gosh, I can't think of his name right now for some reason. Think, um, Jim Crawford. Yeah, Jim Crawford. Crawford, Crawford. Yeah. He was... The PFD, guy. yeah, you know, yeah it was the whole PFD. Thing. <laughs> but you know, I really, you know, I, I enjoyed um, running with him. We'll put it like that. I really did because number one, when you run for office, you don't treat your opponent bad. You know, they're trying to do the same thing you're trying to do, mm-hmm. win. And him and I, him and I had a really good relationship throughout the campaign and even after. And he called me and congratulated me, and and it was it was pretty civil. So based on your time in the assembly and kind of being in politics and knowing a lot of folks, did you feel? When you filed, did you feel, based on the makeup of the district, you probably felt pretty good about it. You had a pretty good shot based on the district and then your time in the, on the assembly. I, I felt really good about it, mostly because, number one, it would be constituents that I represented, a lot of constituents that I represented, you know, and they knew and appreciated the, the job I did, that I was honored to do. Um, and I also knew that, you know, no matter what, I'd never take anything for granted and that I was going to work my butt off so that I could get elected. And that's what I did. That's what mm-hmm. I always do. You know, knock on doors, raise money to pay the bills, you know, um, and do what I need to do to win and always stay focused. You know, you just never take anything for granted. Because back to when I was on the assembly, you know, the second time in 2011 I ran and I had an opponent, but in 2014 I did not have an opponent. But I knocked on doors anyway. Just like last time, Forrest Dunbar and John Weddleton didn't have opponents, but Weddleton was doing this kind of deal, like running harder than ever. And, you know, he was going all knocking, campaign, good campaign. Running, good for him. That's what you're supposed doors. to do. You know, even though you don't have an opponent, you just don't take anything for granted still. Who knows, you know. But even besides that, you know, um, I'd knock on doors and people would say to me, why are you knocking on my door? You don't have an opponent. And my response was, yeah, I don't have an opponent. But I want you to vote for me because you really believe I did a good job, not, not because you didn't have a choice. Yeah, not because you have to, right? You know, and um, yeah. So some people even go door to door in the interim. Like I know Chris Tuck will do that. Yeah, I rep. heard um, that the John Weddleton did it after he was elected, and that's really great. I didn't do it. Um, I was working with my constituents mm-hmm. and not knocking on their door. Um, you know, just working with them. So you were in the assembly for those years, eleven people. 
Now you're in the legislature, 60 people. In and you're the in Senate, the, you're it's in the, 20. You're in the Senate, so right. you're kind of the higher 20 people. But what's it been like so far? It's just your first term, but... It's been great. And and I got to tell you, you know, I, I happen to know what I don't know. Um, Robert's Rules of Order is what we follow at the assembly level. Here it's um, Mason's Rules mm-hmm. of Order, pretty similar. You know, and, and I like that there's more protocol here because I, I'm big on protocol. Um, I don't think I'm special. I don't want anybody to call me senator unless they have to. And here in the hallways, they have to call you senator. In my office, I told myself, I'm Elvie, that's it. You know, but um, I'm, I'm loving it. And the reason why I'm loving it is because I'm still doing what I do best, and that's helping people in one way or another. You probably know a lot of these folks from your time. Oh, yeah, I know a lot of them. As a matter of fact, Kevin Meyer, Lieutenant Governor, he was one of my 42 assembly members that I worked with when I was staff. Um, and, of course, Jennifer Johnson. Uh, Chris Birch. Chris Birch. Who else is there that was an assembly member? Um, I think there may be a couple more. But anyway, yeah, think, Kevin yeah. was one that I, when I was staff, I worked with him. I served with Jennifer for a while. Dan Sullivan, now he's on the RCA. Yeah, Regulatory Dan Commission. Sullivan. He, I, yeah, he was one of the 42 that I worked with when I was staff. But um, anyway, no, I I kept, I stayed focused. I never took anything for granted, like I, I never had for any race. Worked hard and got elected, 60%. So I, I got to say, uh, something I've kind of observed, I've been down here for the whole session. Um, when you were in the assembly, you never scared to say how you feel or you know, give your opinion, but there's a lot of freshmen in the legislature this year, and some of them have been very vocal and said things, and oftentimes just to say things. You haven't really done a lot of that. You've been a little more, is it because you're new or because you're trying to figure? What's interesting is I don't consider myself a freshman, okay? I am a freshman. Um, I'm new to the state government, but I'm not new to government, you know, and they are. You know, but for me, you know, I've always been the person, I'll say what I need to say to make my point and not what I have to say. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had lots of press conferences and I've been pretty vocal, um, in particular about the governor's travesty budget. You know, it's a mess. I've been pretty vocal at press conferences. Um, In committee, if I have something to say, then I say I guess I was more talking about the floor. floor Oh, on on the floor? Yeah. Um, I've given a couple floor speeches um you know one on my black history month bill yeah i remember that one yeah, um that i one. gave a floor speech before that my first floor speech was before that um and and i gave a floor speech on sexual assault awareness month and i'll i'm sure i'll give more but if i have something to say i'm i'm not afraid to say it and you know that oh but, i know i know but that, i'm yeah. but um i'm not gonna get up just to hear myself talk because nobody wants to hear anybody just talk and ramble on you have something to say, you know, then, then I get it, then I'll get up and say it. So you're on several committees. What's been your experience, you know, in the Senate compared to, you know, on the assembly of smaller kind of groups on the committees? What's been your overall kind of takeaway so far in the, the Senate side of things? It's very different than the House. Um, I, I'm enjoying all of it. I really am. I'm enjoying the committees that, are, that I'm on. Um, the chairs of the committees run really good great meetings i'm impressed with them they happen to be women well two of them happen to be women um i'm just enjoying it and i'll tell you you know folks say to me well what's the difference between being on the assembly and being a state legislator and let me tell you what the difference is for me when you're an assembly member unfortunately we don't have dedicated staff okay we have help in the clerk's office they do a wonderful wonderful job of helping us and we got 950 a month to hire somebody to help us which is nothing 
But here I have two full-time staffers, you know, to help me do my job. We have a legislative affairs agency with accounting, legal, administration, um, just different stuff just dedicated to the legislature. And that's pretty amazing, and I'm grateful for it because, you know, it just helps me do my job even better than I did when I was on the assembly. And I thought I really cared about when I was on the assembly. Assembly's interesting, you know, because it's, it's one meeting every two weeks, but really there's all these, like, there's all these work meetings or um, what are they called? Work sessions. Work sessions. And, yeah. You know, there's, there's I mean, there's, what's the salary, 26000 or? No, 20, 34. Okay, so it's still not, a, I mean, it's not a great deal of money. No, and it's a stipend. Yeah, I don't it's a ton of, it's a ton of It's a ton of work, though. Oh, when you do the assembly job, and if you do it right, it's an amazing amount of work if you do it right. And one of the things that I always did, um, which was really important to me, was respond to constituent emails. And if there is a cons- anybody out there that s- said that I didn't respond to their email, it's because they had a wrong email address. I respond to everybody's email. And I'm doing the same at this level. I have staff here who can respond to my emails. I won't let them. I don't want them to. I want to be the person well, that responds. And it takes up time, you know, but I, I, but I have to do that. You what, know? What are you hearing a lot? And what, what are you hearing? Budget stuff? Most of it's permanent? budget stuff right now. Most of it's budget well, stuff. Well, you, you mentioned earlier, you touched on the governor's proposed budget. Mm-hmm. Um, when that came out, you know, pretty massive cuts and cost shifting from property taxes from communities. What were your overall thoughts about it? That it was a travesty. Really? You know, um, you're doing this, uh, Governor Dunleavy? <laughs> you know, and you should see all the emails. 95% of the emails we get are not in support of the governor's budget maybe 5% are, and that's a fact. And I, like I said, I answer all my emails. Did you have your meeting with him? Didn't he meet with everybody? Oh, yeah. I had a meeting with him, just me, um, before before I was sworn in. You know, we talked about each other's goals. Did you know him before that? or I knew of him. You know, he may have knew, known of me, but that was about it. Everybody knows Elvi. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> oh, we, all, we all know Elvi. At least in Anchorage, we all do. Um, so, it's... Uh, yeah, it's been great seeing you here. I, I, yeah. I missed the, I, you know, I got off the community council. I wasn't president. I'd still go to the meetings, but then mm-hmm. you were off. But I remember you'd always, I mean, every meeting you and Dick would show up and it was always, you guys very, that's the one thing I learned about the community council was um, there's not like a lot of necessarily power there. They, I mean, they make recommendations. They kind of say they're for us against something, but the amount of information you can learn by going to those meetings, you have you and Dick trainee, oftentimes Chris Tuck, and, you know, the average person can, can learn a lot right, about right. what's going on. And then also we were pretty inactive. I mean, we'd have three or four people, five people, plus the you and Dick and maybe Chris Tuck. But then when the marijuana initiative passed, because oh, yeah. we have the King Street area, we, they call it the Green Mile. I mean, there was right, meetings right. where there was like 60 people. Right, right. And then right. it got way different. Right. You right. were at some of those meetings, I remember. I was at most of the meetings because that that happened mostly when when I was on. Twenty fourteen, I guess it passed, right? Oh yeah, so. oh yeah, oh yeah. I participated in that whole process. Did other councils have a similar? I think ours was unique because all those King Street area right, right. cultivation. Um, did other other community council meetings had more people. Without a doubt, there were definitely more people when there was a marijuana issue before the. See, I was I was chair for a year and a half of the federation for community councils the big group right 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 and it's just incredible how what i kind of observed was the the councils in like huffman o'malley or hills you know the kind of the higher income very active and then the ones in like fairview mountain lower income very active the ones in the middle kind of working like my area right right 
mostly kind of hard to get people to show up. Yeah. But certain ones, yeah. you know, high, higher income areas, people show up, and then lower income areas, people show up for yeah. different reasons. Yeah. When there's an issue, everybody shows up. I remember. Remember the Al's Bar. Oh yeah. Bus. Oh yeah. Remember that bus he put up there with the train. The, the train. The, the train. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. He didn't yeah. get the permit, right? No. He just did it. Yeah. And that was a while. There was like a hundred people at that meeting. I know. That was something else. But I think the most I've ever seen at a community council meeting was the highway to highway issue. Oh, right, I mean, right. It was our um it was it was Camel Park. Yeah, Camel Park Community Council. That that gym was packed. How many Standing people? room only. About two fifty. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. It's funny too when somebody has never been to a community council meeting, they they go to it for some reason and they're kind of unfamiliar with how they how they function. And right. It becomes kind of sometimes you have to really hope somebody can run the meeting. Right, 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 right. But that, I, I love community councils because that is our direct connection to our constituents, whether two people show up or, or 30, because you, you, ha- you have your notes, you know, and there's a, a, an email list that the notes go out to, you know, so even if they're not there, they're, they're connected, you know, and, and I really love community councils. So what's what have you been to spend much time in Juneau? I mean, I know you've come here. Oh no, for, I'm here. You but, know. but in the past, I mean, you came here for yeah a couple I, days. But for, for, actually, yeah, a day or two. What's what's your experience been here in Juneau? I love it. I really do. You got a good view here with your. With your yeah, with I have your... a tiny office, which I love. We made it very comfortable for us, but we have a beautiful view of the mountains. That I don't sit there looking at it, but the fact that I love mountains and the note up there are mountains behind me just makes me feel good. Yeah, no, I've done a bunch of these podcasts, and the people on the first floor and. You know, they have like no view, but you go four or five. But giant offices. Yeah. I mean, no. I'd go with the view, I think. I would go with the view too. And I just, you know, I love our office. We made it ours. You know, we're comfortable here. We don't have a lot of crap, you know, anywhere. It's just, oh, I'm a minimalist anyway when it comes to my environment. And I like orderly things and things in their place. Feng shui. You know? Yeah, natural feng shui. You're right. That's exactly what I am. Natural feng shui. Home, here, everywhere. In my car, you know. I like it too. I like to have things nice. Orderly. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know what they call us sometimes, right? What's that? OCD. OCD. No, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so you're an Aries. It's okay. Yeah, I'm, so an I'm Aries. a Sag- Actually, I was born on December 21st, so I used to always say I was a Sagittarius, but my friend who's big into astrology said that because I'm on the cusp, mm-hmm. I'm like half and half, somewhere oh, right. in the middle. Yeah, right, right. But I, I always go with Sagittarius. Yeah, I'm a true Aries. Bird is an Aries too. Oh, see, maybe. Yeah, the energy. Energy in that district. What is oh, it? Yeah. What 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 letter is it? I. I. Mm-hmm. Yep, Midtown, Spinard, and Umid. Trying to think of an I. So, so I, I ran, I lost, but I ran in District L. So I said L is for Landfield. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out. Um, well, Senator Gray Jackson, I really appreciate you uh, doing this, Elvia. I've gotten to know you pretty well over the years, and you've always been one of the more higher energy, entertaining people. To I can always tell you care when I talk to you. From the bottom of my heart. We should do one of these in the future, maybe back in Anchorage. Oh, I'd love to do it. All right, Elvie, appreciate this, and uh, we'll, we'll catch you around. You're welcome. Thank you, Jeff. Yep. All right, folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast with me down the road, let me know, and we'll talk to you next time. Land, land.